Hello, everyone. Very warm welcome to another exciting, I would say, episode of Psychology Talks because today is the Suicide Prevention Day, and I'm gonna follow continue from the last uh, episode. So we have the same guest, Elden Hassa and Preston Weeks again, and we'll talk about the same topic that we discussed last uh, week. And as many of you already know about the challenge that I created last week, so I'm gonna conclude this today. And I would say, I would like to say thanks to all of those who have participated and take time to create uh, awareness and join hand with me. All I can say is like, you know, you don't need to be uh, an influencer to create an impact you don't need million followers to spread awareness you don't need to have the title of kindness ambassador or something of that so to show the kindness all you need is the kind heart and a genuine urge to actually help people around so that's why i want to say thanks to all of those who actually step forward and share their stories, share their trips to how, to how they can avoid, how people can avoid uh, suicide and how we can help people who are struggling with uh, suicidal thoughts or depression. So let me just share my screen and just read, uh, read out their name because they have put in a lot of efforts and, uh, to share the message and they've been like supporting me throughout the uh, week. Oops, sorry. So here are these, uh, these are the heroes, I would say. These are the heroes of this challenge who have been actively supporting me throughout the week. Uh, on topmost, I'll start the, uh, taking the name of each person, starting from left, Elden Hassa and Preston Weeks. I'm so, so much honored and I'm really grateful to both of you that you have been a great supporter and you have been for, uh, spreading the knowledge, spreading the awareness about this serious issue because I feel that um, this is the issue that uh, that has been, you know, swept under the uh, under the carpet and usually do not discuss, do not be discussed because it's there's some, you know, stigma attached to it. So that is why that is the main reason that I created this challenge to create the discussion around and you know, and to to tell people that you you can discuss these things so people can get benefited. So these two amazing people helped me throughout the week. Then Nasir Ali and Dheeraj Pardande, he has been sharing uh, post every day almost. So it, these are two amazing people. Then he started from the second line, from uh, from left, uh, Mega Mathur, uh, and then Shakil Mullah, Niloy Roy, uh, Roy Chaudhry, Hassan Isak, Namakchari, Shabana Karthik, Eileen Murdoch, Vineet Ram, Peggy Heman, Ala Fine, Faber Richard, Patrick Songo, Sumera Hussain, Vipin Gautam, Kayleen Lee, uh, Christian Delanger, Dr. Saima Zafar, Maria, Shazia Sheikh, and Anna Begins. These are the real heroes, I would say, 
who've been supporting me and who's been really, really phenomenal throughout the week. So thank you so much. And thank you so much, Eldon and Preston, for joining us today also. Thank you so for having I, us. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, thank you for being proactive and being a voice to help others too. Yeah, thank you so much. And I think those who already know them, I will, uh, I, I will, we already given the introduction of yours last week. So I will just briefly touch upon like, these two are amazing people, Eldon and Preston. Uh, they have been like uh, the life coach and they are the best-selling authors and they have helped people around to transform their lives. You can check out their uh, profile and you can get in touch with these amazing people if you need any help. So let's move over to our topic and let's see, like a lot of people have already joined. Let's see that what are saying. Dheeraj has already joined. Dr. Samia, thank you so much. Dr. Asafullah, Karman, thank you uh, so much for joining in. Uh, when Rik is also saying, uh, Shukran, my precious sister, thank you so much for joining us from all across the globe. It's uh, really good to have you with us and discussing this very important topic. Thank you so much. So let's move to our topic uh, of the day. And basically, last week, we already discussed about the symptoms that how, uh, when people feel suicidal, how do they feel and how they can prevent themselves from, you know, or how they can take out from suicidal thoughts and how they can help other people if they feel that someone is struggling from the suicidal thoughts or the, so this week i'm going to talk about more on or uh, specific topics like you know as uh, i in last weeks i also about uh, on my linkedin post i shared that you know maybe like youth are uh, the at the highest risk so let's talk about this because i feel that over the period of time um and because of all the technological advancement and all because of the pandemic, mostly people, uh, especially youth, are at the higher risk uh, at the moment. So what do you think about this? Yeah, you want me to go first, Eldon? Yes, Preston, please go ahead. All right, so yeah, youth has a, a huge impact on it, on um, suicide and, and the things that are happening right now. One of, the, one of the things that's happening in the world is something that we didn't, a lot of us as adults didn't have to deal with as kids. So the world has actually changed and it's a lot due to the connectiveness of everyone being together. I can, I can find basically any piece of information in my phone any time of the day, but also we have all these technologies and all these things that are bombarding us and kids are now connected to those things. And even if they're not directly connected to them, their peer group is connected to them. So my kids, they personally don't have smartphones. I have a phone that just calls like 10 people limited, but but my kids are seven and nine, uh, seven-year-old twins and nine-year-old. But their peers around them have smartphones. So they go to school and they have, you know, 30 kids or whatever in their classroom and those kids all have influences and they're all talking and they're all seeing. And so all these pressures and all these big world issues and things like that are actually reaching kids before they have the ability and the, the experience to, 
deal with them, to understand them, to take them on. And so what we're experiencing as a society as a whole is all these constant inputs that didn't exist when I was a kid or when you know, we, we were all kids. And many of us listening, probably all, no, probably all of us listening here, that it's a different environment than it used to be. And so you know, we need to understand that and be able to support kids through this. And looking at the last year and what people have gone through, it's also been, so there's, there's direct pressures on people that have happened. So direct pressures would be an example that would be like, you know, my business got shut down. I can't go visit my family. I had some health issues that affected my family. Those are direct pressures that are happening in your life. But there's also indirect pressures, and these indirect pressures are pressures that are affecting our children. And so I'll give you an example of an indirect pressure. So for some people, had, their, their schools have been canceled, and then also the parent had to work from home. And yeah. so then the parent is suddenly also having to work but they're also having a kid in the house all day long and everyone's there together and they're feeling that pressure and the kids aren't getting the attention that they would normally get either at school or if the parent was have, not having to work at the same time the kids were there and everyone's stuck in the same house. And so it's actually created all these different dynamics of things where people are getting sick of each other, people are taking pressures from work and they're applying it on their family and that's where these indirect pressures come from or these these tensions and these things you know come from because parents have been frustrated and it shows up in the kids life it doesn't have to be a parent-kid relationship it could be with a neighbor it could be with a friend it could be with your spouse it could be with a partner but these pressures are affecting us and you know, they're making an impact on people and so we need to understand this we need to understand what's happening we need to be able to look at it I've been involved with an organization called Child Health. Child Health stops, it helps kids from sex trafficking and abuse and different things like that. And they have a hotline. And since, since the pandemic hit, since 2020, their hotline activity has gone up 44%. It's had a 44% increase. And the increase is because of these extra pressures, they're on people. And so you know, looking at that, you know, we have to we have to really look at how we're affecting the people around us too, you know, in, in that situation. And then also, you know, when when we look at that, we can realize that how how we can also support the people around us. And it's so critical. Elvin, I'm sure you've got some things to add. You know, on yeah, that. that that is very rightly said, Preston. And even before the pandemic, you see as you described there was a different living dynamics you know children were going to school for a number of hours each day away from the parents parents were at work and then when they get together back home you know at dinner time then the family interaction and now they live in together in the same house where and the child hasn't got that maturity to understand now my parents they don't treat me the same as they used to like don't they love me anymore but they don't understand that when the parent is working from home is requiring a different mindset literally it's almost like you you press the switch and you're a different person you have to show up as this um you know person working for a company or a business owner 
but the child still looks at you as a mother or as a father. They want that attention, they want the love, they want that unconditional love, which we are not able to give them like instantly. And the child is reading our energy because sometimes at work we might get upset, stressed, you know, and child can uh, translate it. There is something personal to do with them. That's obviously been happening during the pandemic. But before the pandemic, what children have been going through is, um, you know, of course, Preston said his children, they don't have smartphones, but they still have like indirect access to all this technology. What is important is not only to not let the children too young to have the smartphones and tablets and things like that, but also is to talk to them, to educate them, to have interaction with them, to create the bond where they feel safe to be vulnerable. They can tell you, even, even if they say, oh, mom, I've been on Instagram, I've been on Facebook, but then I understand what's going on out there, that those pictures that people post have been photoshopped, that those pictures, even the people, the supermodels in the pictures, they don't look like that in real life. So I don't need to judge myself that because I don't look like that, you know? So it's actually, our parents are educators, right? Yeah. So let's not just expect from um, our children to learn and get education from school and from outside the home. I would say the most important education starts from the home and especially from the mother. Doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl, daughter or a son, child always looks up to the mother as number one and then also to the father. This is being proven by science. Yeah. And so those values that are instilled in a child from the parents are crucial at any time not just during the pandemic but even before so you know no topic should be taboo you know because the child child will be exposed to any topics so if we as educators as parents as adults guardians could be a foster parent could be whatever auntie uncle grandparents who is the the guardian for the child these people they should be having these open conversations and telling them what is real and what is not real because many things they see on social media they are not real Absolutely. and so it's our responsibility to help them learn about emotional intelligence to learn about mindset to learn about uh, to have certain coping mechanisms for them to be able to evaluate when they feel sad it's okay and what are the tools to overcome the sadness, to overcome how they can elevate their state, you know, how they can have the brain and heart coherence, what they can do. Is there an exercise? Is there a meditation? Is it a breathing exercise? Is it maybe writing some gratitude instead of complaining and saying, I don't have this, I don't have that. Why don't you begin by listing what you do have? Start by listing what is already existing in your life and practice gratitude because the more you focus on the gratitude, the more you're going to have things to be grateful for. Absolutely right. Absolutely. It is a brilliant advice from both of you. And I would just share that, you know, I like uh, during the last year, the pandemic is actually what, what has happened. I mean, in our lives is basically we have been as like Tristan has also pointed out that we have been actually homebound, all of us together in under one roof. And that created a lot of friction among all those. Like, you know, when you meet for your, uh, for the parents, like for, for a few hours of the day, instead of like 24-7. So it, it is like, you know, it's, it's a completely different uh, story. 
So like uh, this, this creates tension among parents and among the kids as well. Because you know, as when they used to come home from the school, like we give them lunch. Though every every uh, there was a proper discipline times, but then after because of the pandemic and since every everything was you know uh, has been like managed from home. So like the sort of the discipline has been disturbed. So that was the time that we needed to adopt all these different things. And one thing that you know I I've noticed and I've observed among you know uh, with the people like with whomever I talk to here, and especially amongst my friends and whomever I provided counseling also. What has happened is basically that um, kids like when they were going to school. Uh, they had physical interaction with the, with their friends and which was again cut down and then they were they they gained more access to technology because like most of their classes were online so even like sort of if they were uh, even my kids are like you know 10 and 12 at the moment so they were they are they don't have insta or facebook but they've been forced to use uh, online class and uh, all the time they were on the computer so it's it's easy for them to gain access to all of the information even at the, at the time when they are in school so you know like the ex, the 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 sort of the accessibility increased the number of hours increased to uh, these technology and to the internet as well so what has happened is basically one thing that they missed out is basically they actually um, uh created sort of more uh distance like physical distance because they could uh, they were talking to their friends now the time is you know reduced they were not talking to their friends so sort of they felt a bit loneliness but then it again it opened a huge uh gateway to google or to get uh, information to about other things so that has again impacted their minds that like it depends and now here comes the important role of the parents that they need to look at uh, or watch out the activities you need to be very carefully uh, watching their kids that what are they doing what are they like because my like for example my kids don't have the social media but they have they do go on the youtube they go on the uh, google and the, the important thing is even for the whenever they have the quiz or something they google the answer and rather than you know so it's it's completely different like the entire dynamics has changed so this is like completely different things now again now what sort of information they are exposed to this is complete is a very very important thing because as i even shared in my um, last post as well that you know that about especially the dare based games and everything so it's it's very important even if they are uh, they they are playing games then there are online games and online games then they interact with the people and when they interact, like for when they go, they were going to school, they were physically meeting people with their age, with their classmates or something. But when they are playing online, because they have access to technology, even when they are in the class online, they are playing games. So, you know, it's it's completely different thing. So this is uh, the, the entire dynamics has changed. Everything has changed, especially in one last year. So it's uh, it's this is as a parents we have more responsibility to watch out our kids and be there and listen to them and be aware of their signs for example uh, my i've seen that if my son is playing too much 
on computer, I feel the aggressive behavior in that. So we need to watch out that maybe we need to restrict the timing. We need to see that what games are they playing or uh, what activities they are actually, what activities they are performing on the internet. So this yeah. is very important, yeah. Yeah, I want to add to that too. It, it, that, it helps to you know, build those supports and those things around the kids. And it, but then there's also that gap too, that they're gonna get no matter what, right? That's out there when they're out in the school or different places or things like that. And so what one thing that I wanna point out as a tool and a big support that we can use towards youth or towards our kids specifically is why do your kids talk to you or why don't your kids talk to you more importantly why don't your kids talk to you and and that's that's where there's a gap that we need to close to be able to understand that and to be able to prevent things like suicide <clears throat> i'll give you a quick example i i had someone very close to me commit suicide i was in my house i, I was a teenager i was laying there on the couch with my best friend and I, we were watching TV in the middle of the day. All of a sudden, I woke up and my best friend was gone. He didn't even say anything. He left the house. And so I called him. I tried to figure out what was happening. I ended up finding out that he had left because his brother shot himself. He oh. shot himself and ended his life. And going back and looking through that situation and what happened, his brother had stolen a CD at school. And the school had caught him. And they said they were going to suspend him from school. And his brother was so scared to tell his parents and to share that with his parents that he thought it was a better idea to take his own life than to have to face the disappointment and the repercussions and the things that would come from that. And so what I share as a tool to overcome that is to be approachable. But how do you do that? How do you be approachable to your kids when we have to set these rules, we have to set these guidelines, and we have to have an example and the one thing I can share with you is this I had a conversation with my daughter the other night and I said you know, we're talking about different things and I said honey I said there's nothing in the world that you can do or anyone else can do that would stop me from loving you there's nothing yeah. that can actually change that you can yeah. and she yeah. said there she goes wow really dad so even if I don't love you anymore you know, and I was like, nope, that wouldn't even matter because you're my little girl and I'll, I love you no matter what. And she felt so special inside. And if kids can know that, you know, yeah, you can be wrong. You can get in trouble still. You know, I still want you to do the right things, but I'll love you no matter what. I will love you no matter what you do. And you can tell me anything and I will always love you. That's something yeah. that we can do to people around us, but especially our kids, our children, is if they know that there's nothing that will break that, that love for our children, then that gives them the confidence to go, okay, you know, we can get past this, or, oh, okay, I can share this. Yeah, it's gonna suck, I'm gonna get in trouble, but you know, I can at least be open or be vulnerable. And then that gives us the access to be able to listen for, and for people to hear and be heard which can stop things like, like what happened to my friend. Yeah, that's a great advice. And I'd like to expand on this little bit. You see, we are not taught how to actually um, go into parenthood because we 
you know, obviously have mothers, otherwise we wouldn't be here, or had mothers, some, somebody had lost a mother perhaps, mother passed away, uh, or both parents. So what we are not taught is actually how to be a parent, like in reality, what is actually, because it's a skill set, it's something that can be learned. And what is, what I mean by that, you see, a child, each child, each human being is born with 100% self-worth and self-confidence. It's, it's so much self-love and self-worth and self-confidence, it's a hundred. It cannot go more than a hundred, right? Now, what happens from birth to, I don't know, let's say five-year-old, ten-year-old, yes, it diminishes in the level of the self-worth and self-love through interaction with the environment, and unfortunately, nothing wrong with parents, God bless them, they, know, that's, you know, they didn't know any better. A lot of it is put a responsibility of not being able to uh, be a good parent or not, not good, correct way to parenthood, right? Mm -hmm. What I mean by that, you see, when we speak to a child, we need to uh, separate the two. When they do something, it's got nothing to do with who they are as a human being. So we should never say to a child, you're a bad boy or you're a bad girl. We should say, honey, I love you unconditionally. Come here. Mommy loves you. But let me explain to you what you did. It's very wrong and very bad. And you should never do that again. So now child can differentiate between my mommy loves me unconditionally. But what I did is wrong. Okay, you have siblings. So let's say a boy uh, son hits your daughter or the other way around, right? You, you're obviously not going to tolerate that and accept that to be the norm in your house. You have to discipline the child and teach them right from wrong. But it's not uh, what you say, it's how you say it. So whoever made a mistake, you say, come here. You know, you are amazing. Mommy loves you, you know? Give mommy a kiss. But you hitting your sister should never happen again. That's so bad. Look, now your sister is hurt. Now your sister is crying. Now your sister's feelings have been hurt. She thinks that you don't love her. So when you explain from place of love, now the child is, can separate. My actions are wrong, but my, my love that I receive from my parents is unconditional, always 100%. Now, they, what happens, they grow up as, a, as adults full of self-love, full of self-confidence, full of uh, self-worth, and these adults will never take their life. So it is our adults' responsibility to teach the children to separate the being with doing. The human being, you are already perfect. You can always improve in doing, but we are not called human doings. We are not called human havings. We are called human beings. So mm -hmm. as a human being, listen, my darling, you're already perfect. I love you unconditionally. But when you make a mistake, mommy is going to teach you what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you, you explained it so beautifully that, you know, we have to actually make a distinction of differentiation between like them being bad or the the task or the activity that they've done is bad this is very important like it's not any nobody is actually wrong or right i would say it's either like you know how you actually do this activity or something anything like they've done anything wrong so you need to make them uh, realize that whatever they have done is wrong it's not making them wrong 
or making them bad so this is something we have to be very focused on our as a parent that how we are actually shaping the personality of our kids because whatever the whatever we say is actually they will become if we say that they are bad they will become bad it's not like it's basically because unconsciously they are registering that okay if if mom is saying that i am bad so that means i am bad so it shouldn't be like that i would say that like we need to focus on what words we are using it like we should never say that like you're stupid or bad or idiot or something we should absolutely remove these words from our dictionary when we become parents so i think this is very important so um i know that you know it's uh, youth are at the one uh, vulnerable but of course uh, suicidal thoughts can hit anyone at any time so you know and and we have seen even that like the celebrities at uh, they when they peak when they are at the you know peak of their success and profession uh, career and they take their lives so what happens sometimes when we we don't even see what's going on and we, it's like apparently everything seems fine right so how can we judge that or what do you say that why do they actually do this uh, what happens like apparently everything seems perfect like if we see all these celebrities they i mean, we know that they have touched the peak of their career fame money what not with they, they've been living dream life but what usually goes wrong and how does this happen Yeah, well, sense of unworthiness. It's a it's a human disease. It's called I am not worthy. Yeah. The the feeling of unworthiness is what leads them to take their own life. So they could be in the stadium with fifty thousand people. Let's say it's a singer. A lot of famous female singers yeah. took their life over the last five ten years, and that's this is what happens is because. no amount of somebody tells you you are amazing we love you i mean people are shouting their name 50000 people whitney whitney houston we love you we love you amy winehouse we love you you are amazing but she does not believe that to be the truth about herself she said i'm not good enough i'm not worthy enough and she's not focused about the money it's something happened when she was a child which developed the sense of unworthiness and it's usually an experience of the guardian or a parent which it's not a big deal but in a child's mind something happened which they coupled with the emotion and their experience now is as trauma my parent doesn't love me because they did not come to the school to see my play because yeah. parents are busy sometimes you know they couldn't make it now from when they were 5 years old now they are in the body of a 30 year old my my father doesn't love me because he didn't come to watch me play basketball when i was 7 and now in his mind is all of this and that stems from usually from childhood so that's why it's so important to have a bond and connection with the child even if the person is an adult same thing you got to build a rapport for them to feel free to feel vulnerable around you so they can express their feelings and their emotions without feeling that they're going to be judged and when you create that environment then people will open up and speak to you and then you can just be a good listener and support them and i know 
people in the comments are mentioning, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID and all of that. Yeah. And it's definitely required to actually work on your emotional intelligence, to work on your mindset, to work on your spirituality, and also, of course, the physical body, your health and nutrition. It's very important when you have all of these uh, focused on, on a daily basis consistently, you will equip yourself to deal with any challenges in life. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and what, what you're kind of mentioning there is basically a, a duality of living that happens mm -hmm. within everyone. And so we, we go in front of public, we go in front of people and we say, oh, I'm so good. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, my life's so good. You see it on social media, right? Everyone's like posting the most beautiful meal that they've had and taking pictures of them by palm trees and nice cars and things. But it's, it's not authenticity. It's not being authentic. And that inside creates a separation inside people. And people need to be authentic and be able to share authentically and be vulnerable in that space. Because if someone's saying like a famous person that takes their life, for example, they're making all the money, they got people coming up to their shows, they're telling them, oh, you're my hero, oh, you're my hero. And they go out and they perform and they have this life, but it's not really who they are. It's not really who they can be. And, but also they have another challenge. Their job is to be that person. Their job is to be that person that's entertaining and it's exciting and people want to follow them. But they have a gap inside them where they can't actually be authentic. They can't share their vulnerability. They can't say, no, today sucks. Today is super hard and I can't you know, get out and do anything. And so they don't have that ability, you know, that they don't have that space. And so, you know, we need to have authentic connections and we need to be able to connect so that people can actually have that space so they can share vulnerably and so they can, you know, really, you know, connect with people and they can be heard because when they're out there and they're saying, oh, we're so great, oh, you know, we're this way, oh, I, I feel great, oh, I'm so happy to be here, but inside, if they don't actually feel that way, then they're not being heard. And if they, if they can't be heard for too long, then it builds up. And that's what creates the negative, um, you know, things that happen that uh, allow people to spiral out and down into a dark place where they start contemplating things like suicide. And so, you know, we need to be available and we need to be able to connect with people so that they can be vulnerable and, and feel safe to do that. Yeah, very true, basically. That's, again, that comes in like, you know, no matter what the world says, but how you feel from inside, that matters a lot. And that, I think that is the main reason that, you know, whatever the voices that we have inside, it's usually have the link from the childhood memories as well. So that's, we need to see that, you know, what are the, uh, like, why do we feel the way that we, it's very important to actually understand ourselves. And it's, it's important to not focus on only material things. And, you know, like maybe these, uh, 
like they like lot of people who have achieved all the fame and have money and everything but again these material things can never ever satisfy your worth uh, because the, you define your own worth self esteem the person who may not have anything in their life but if that person is satisfied with their own self i think he or she is the most successful person so i think this is very important and thanks for all this beautiful uh, explanation Absolutely. uh are, yeah i think we are almost reaching to the end of the show and let's see that what comments we got from here uh, like saif is saying that i believe we can't face post covid situation and pre covid thoughts so we need to disrupt our thought pattern you guys are doing great thank you so much uh, saif for joining uh, for your thoughts Shakir is uh, saying yes. Children going online on the name of education. Yeah, exactly. They reduce physical activities and great access to internet. Carmen is saying that is peak life. Uh, Claudel is saying amazing topic. Lydia is saying the topic should be a health priority of all the years, not only for some specific dates. Uh, we should uh, and Carmen also saying we should have this kind of discussion topic at least. absolutely we need to that is the main reason because most of the time we are this topic is not discussed and that is the reason why that we need i actually created the challenge that we need to speak up we need to initiate the discussion on this topic kim is saying amazing um thank you so much shakil is saying great message and uh, okay so what um, the last question i would say that what we can do to create awareness about this especially among youth because of course i know that we may have discussion around this among self we can educate our parents but it is also very really important to reach out to youth so what could be the main uh, methods i would can be i can tell you do not believe all the thoughts that you think most of the thoughts that you think are an illusion yeah pause for the moment and evaluate what are these thoughts that i'm thinking and see and evaluate them are they empowering or disempowering and understand that you have a choice you can choose to replace the thoughts which you've identified that they are disempowering because what happens when we think disempowering thoughts that is usually coupled with disempowering negative emotion and then that emotion sends a signal to the brain to think more of those similar negative thoughts and then that cycle continues and that takes us very much out of balance and causes us to take some negative behaviors negative actions so take a breather pause pause and evaluate your thoughts and understand that most of the thoughts that you are thinking they are not true and they don't serve you and you have the choice and the power within you to choose the thoughts that you want to th- think and also to choose the emotions that you want to feel you are in control yeah mm-hmm. and yeah and, and i want everyone to know out there you know, people that are feeling pressure people that have thought about suicide people that are around it you can make a massive massive change a massive disruption of anything in your life and so no matter how hard it seems in the moment no matter how difficult it seems there's always something that can be completely changed and even if you can't see it 
you need to reach out to someone that can talk to you. And there's always someone that's there. Even if you don't know someone that's there, like in, in the United States, I'll share it. The United States has a suicide prevention hotline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. It's 1-800-273-8255. Maybe someone could put that in the chat okay, so that so people can look it up later. But um, yeah, there's, there's phone numbers, there's resources. And so you know, reach out to someone that you can feel vulnerable with be a, a listener for others if people reach out to you. And if you don't feel like you have anyone that you want to share it with or that you can share it with in your life, then reach out to someone like in a hotline or someone that you don't know, but someone that will just listen to you. Because there are people that are there. There are people that care about you. There are people that make a difference. And you know, we've been on this uh, live stream for 40 minutes now. And there's yeah. probably been just in this time frame that we've been talking here, there's probably been, you know, 15 or so people that have committed suicide since we've been here. This is a real problem. This is actually happening right now, every day, all around us in the world. And so talking about it, being aware of it, and reaching out to other people, we can save other people's lives. Yeah. yeah. Can I add something quickly? So also, what's important to understand if anybody is watching this who actually is feeling depressed and anxious and frustrated, those emotions are okay. But the quickest and easiest way to shift those emotions into the feeling of happiness and joy is when you focus on contributing to another human being. So if you have, if you look around your home, can you help your parent? Can you help your child? Can you help a neighbor? If you just go with the open heart and say, this actually, so the happiness is not just from the recipient of what you help them with, it's also the person who's giving the help. You will feel more happy and more proud of yourself. So go mm -hmm. to the next door neighbor, maybe an elderly person during pandemic, you know, they are maybe frail, they live alone, and knock on their door, say, Madam, can I go shopping for you, buy some food groceries? Can I go to the pharmacy, collect the medication? And the lady or a gentleman will be very grateful and you did a good deed and you feel happier straight away. And now you feel like self-worth has gone up, like you are a valuable human being. And the more you practice of giving and contributing, this is how you elevate your self-worth by yourself rather than somebody giving it to you from outside. Yeah. What a beautiful message. I mean, I really love that advice because that's how we can, most of the time we are stuck in the cycle of, you know, low self-esteem because we feel that we are so low, we can't do anything. We start cursing ourselves to rather than, you know, just waiting for someone to appreciate our uh, uh, effort or something or to feel good. We should take first step and start giving people so we feel better because I think the ultimate pleasure lies in, you know, when you give people, give others. So thank you so much for the wonderful discussion. Uh, I'm so grateful to have both of you again on the show. I mean, you are really amazing human beings because you have been genuinely spreading awareness about this very serious issue and helping people around. So thank you so much uh, for joining the show and 
supporting me throughout the week. Thank you. Uh, actually, I think Mega had some asked, uh, actually just asking, are you okay to someone who you think might need to hear it? Will I go long way? It could potentially, uh, potentially stop someone from committing suicide. A simple say, are you doing? Yeah, of course, we just need to reach them and ask them that are they okay or not. Just a simple gesture may save someone's life. So yes, definitely. So thank you so much for all of the audience too who joined thank us today and thank thanks to all of those participants who uh, took part in the challenge and created awareness and even those who did not take part in the challenge but supported me throughout the week and created awareness uh, separately individually i'm really grateful to all of those so thank you and have a great weekend ahead so bye bye Thank you so much. Thank you, Ambrin. Thank you.